to the So Wizards podcast. I'm Kevin Broom, along with my co-host, Ron Oaks Cunningham, and today we're going to talk about the 7-3 Wizards. They play a game tonight, but we're going to talk about the 7-3 Wizards and what they're doing well, what they could do better, and maybe a little bit about the fans getting out over their skis a bit when they talk about the Wizards. So, uh, Ron, it's good to talk to you again. Yeah, man. How are you? How are you? It's it's, it's uh it's pretty good. It's good over here. The Wizards are relevant again. Um, I think like you know, well when LeBron came back, we were pretty good like 2016, 2017. But this is like the first meaningful Cavs v Wizards game since the mid 2000s, 2006 through eight. So it's like pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, back to the past. 14 back then. I remember those days. <laughs> well, I was covering the team back then, and I was not 14. And uh, I, yeah, I remember those those years with uh, LeBron sort of icing Gilbert Arenas a little bit at the free throw line, crab dribbling all throughout yeah, the game. Dribble. Yeah, crab <laughs> dribbling. Hey, well, he used to cook uh, Larry Hughes and Karan Butler, man. Like, yeah, he used to cook. Well, those I, in fairness to Larry and Karan, LeBron cooked everyone and has for, what, 16, 18, how many years has he played now? Yeah, true that, true that, true that. So, um, yeah, so let's let's talk um, the Wizards and 7-3, and three, playing well. They're, they're good defensively, or the, the, at least the results are good, and they're doing a lot right defensively. And they can do some work on offense, but they're, they're doing okay there, too. So uh, you know, what are your impressions now at seven and three? I think we're we're getting good wins against bad teams. Uh, we're stacking up the wins. Uh, so when the gauntlet comes, you know, facing the Golden States, the Miamis, the Brooklyn Nets again, uh, you know, we can afford. I'm not I'm not advocating that we lose, but we can afford some losses because mm-hmm. we're we're racking up wins against uh, who we're supposed to beat. So that's pretty good, and unlike last year, you know, where we're, we're losing to Cleveland, um, we're losing to Memphis, we're losing to Toronto, we're, we're beating those guys this year, so it's like pretty good to see. You know, I wrote an article earlier this week that talked about, you know, are the Wizards actually good? And the reason I'm asking that question, the reason I'm looking at that is that I remember that 2014-15 season where they started, what, like 19-6, and six, and they finished the year... Uh, what was it like, forty six and thirty eight? So, or whatever the record is, uh, 40, I don't think forty six and thirty eight is possible. Forty six and thirty six, I guess. But uh, so the second half didn't go nearly as well as the first. It's like the, a great start doesn't necessarily mean that the team is going to you know be a powerhouse. So um, so far so good. That Memphis win was very impressive. You know they the Memphis had been playing pretty well and the Wizards just kicked the snot out of them. Yeah, I thought Jaw was gonna give us forty plus that game, and we shut him down. Like we yeah. defensive game plan against the Memphis Grizzlies was amazing. Shout out to Wes for that. Um, the the balance scoring was 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 great. Um, I, yeah. I think I, I wrote something uh, in the beginning of the year. I forget who said it, but I, I'll need to go back in the comments to to hit him with the haha. I thought you said I was dumb because you know I. That balance scoring against Memphis is what I envisioned this team could be, a la mm-hmm. Atlanta Hawks from you know the mid 2010s, where 
you you may have like you know Bill may get twenty three a game, but it's more of the sum of the parts, right? Like so, it's four or five guys getting double digit scoring, averaging double digit scoring, and that's like you know the key to success. And I think mm-hmm. I made that point. Like, I'm not saying I for you know like forecasted this was this will happen, but I made the point. I think Bill's best chance at le- at pacing the league and scoring had passed him. Like last mm-hmm. year was his best year. You know, Hart James is in Brooklyn. He's sharing the ball with two phenomenal scorers outright, and Kevin and Kyrie, Kobe disciple, Christ Bryant disciples, by the way. Um, and you know he's sharing he's sharing the ball with them. Like you know, so his chances of leading the league were gone. I thought Bill's best chance to to put that feather in his cap was last year. And some mm-hmm. guy was like, "No, Bill is only twenty seven. He can do it." And it's like, huh? Like, do you not see who's on the team? Like, did you do you know nothing of Montrez Harrell? He got 18 a game with the Clippers. Do you know nothing about Kuzma? He wants more. So, uh, that Memphis game, that Memphis game, uh, kind of did that for me. So uh, we have a we have a guest uh, guest on the on this week's podcast. I guess. <laughs> do you want to introduce her to the uh, to the audience? Sorry about that. That was my dog. She um. She does what she wants, you know. Like she, uh, you know, I can I can be recording a podcast. I'll be quiet. She'll grab her toy and it's like, no, come play with me. So yeah, I, yeah. I think that's what dogs are for, though. So you know, to do their own thing and to entertain. Uh, so yeah, I've got to give me a dog pretty soon. Anyway, um, with Beal, the interesting thing is that he is still behaving offensively like he wants to win a scoring title. His usage is still really high, even in that game against Memphis. Um, I'm sorry, against the Bucks, his usage rate was 34%. I mean, he's still guzzling uh, possessions, still trying to score a lot. And so he did have eight assists in that game, too, also six turnovers. But he's – I don't know. It's, it's interesting. He does – it's in some ways act like he's trying to win another scoring title. And then in, at other times, like that Bucks game, it really seemed like, and the Memphis as well, he seemed like he was coming out more focused on passing to teammates and playmaking for teammates than on getting his own shot. But the, he's got to watch the turnovers, cut down on the turnovers and stuff. But it's it'll be interesting to see how this works because it seems like Unsell wants an offense that's a little more a little more egalitarian, a little more share the ball than it had been in previous years, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, but, like, I, me personally, like, I, I know early in the year it was a lot of uh, gripes about the way Bill was playing, and, and I'm one of those. Like, in the, in the clutch moments, he's had far too many turnovers. He knows he has to be better protecting the ball down the stretch, right? Like, he almost allowed Giannis and him to come back like the Bucks to come back because of his sloppy mm-hmm. play, right? Yep. But in terms of when we need a buck, like that Montrez, Harold, like like grit and grind, you know, to stick with the Memphis reference, that grit and grind elements of his game, you know, that works. Like that works, you know, first quarter through third. But when it's clutch time, we need a bill. We need someone who's like, F it. Let me try to go get my, my own. Let me try to get this bucket. Like let me try to get a bucket. And so I'm, I'm not mad at, like, his usage rate because uh, I'll defer to you. I would like to see how it's broken down in terms of, like, when. Like, does his usage rate peak? Like, does the peak, like, does it peak in the fourth quarter when a game is, you know, between 
three and five points or whatever the clutch indicators are. Like, I don't mind that. Like, I, I want him taking the shots. I, I don't want uh, anyone else taking the shots but him. So, See, I, the, I question that, and I've, I've questioned that for a long time. I don't know the answers answer on this. I mean, it seems like if you've got, like, Kevin Durant or LeBron James or Giannis or, you know, somebody like that, that, yeah, it makes sense to – Get you know you want certainly you want them taking the shots at minimum you want the ball in their hands to make the decision right. Um, I'm not sure that Beal's at that level offensively. He's mm. certainly like their most accomplished offensive player. He's the best offensive player, but I don't think he's at that level. Oh, where really you yeah I kind of think and this is the thing that's gone back for a, for a few years where with with Wall you know you. A lot of guys want to be the hero. They want to make that big play. But I question whether that's the best strategy. I know that's the strategy that most NBA teams employ. Just give the ball to the best player and let them. I mean, it it certainly gets the coach off the hook, if you will, in terms of um, how fans and, Mm -hmm. you know, pundits are going to think about them. But I do question whether that's the best way of going about it or whether it would be better to spread the ball and have multiple uh, multiple I, I, options in the attack you in, know, was, in, in the clutch. I was watching the uh, – I think – so I'm a huge, like, Alex Caruso fan. I've been a fan of his mm-hmm. since uh, he led an amazing comeback in the tournament when he was with A&M. I forget who they played, but they played like, – it was a mid-major. They were down big, and he basically single-handedly – uh, help force overtime, and then they went on to win, right? And he has a quote, and um, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but it's basically, you know, the NBA, everyone wants to be a hero. Everyone wants to score 20 points, but a team mm-hmm. has already given someone $30 million or so to be right. that guy. So mm-hmm. if we're if we're paying, like, Bill, Bill's our highest paid player, um, and if he re-ups, he's going to get, uh, what, 30, is it 33% of the cap? At his rate is a thirty. I think thirty-five. Thirty-five percent of the cap, right? So, you know, I I I'd rather him taking it than, um, you know, Neto. And like, I love Neto. I love everything about his game. But if Neto takes it and miss it, then as always, we should have given it to Bill. And if Bill takes it, like takes those shots and miss it, I'm okay with dying that way. You know, like you yeah. live that way, you die that way. But um, a quick thing, a quick, uh, I guess, like it's not a rebuttal. Oh, but quick uh, response to your point. It's like, uh, I don't think Bill is as dynamic as the LeBrons, the Giannis's mm-hmm. of the world, the Kevins of the world, the Ky- even the Kyrie's of the world, um, and James of the world. But I think in terms of if you if you put it in a vacuum of just scoring, he's on that level. Like, what more do you want from him? Like, last year, I mean, previously, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about, like, the last couple of years, it was... Well, he's getting these points and the games don't matter. They're not winning. It's like, do you all forget what he did game seven up in Boston? Do you all forget Mm -hmm. like this guy goes out and drop 30 on the road like in Mm -hmm. high state playoff games as a young buck? So it's like, you know, I I think in terms of pure scoring, Mm -hmm. he's he's up there. Like if you just say, hey, go get me a bucket, he's up there. And and as we talked about, I think on the last episode of the podcast – his only detriment is that he's a small guard. Mm-hmm. Like he, if he's six five, six six, there's no question. We're giving Bill. I don't know what the the max, like how much in millions the max is, but we're giving him that 
and no one's blinking an eye. It's just that he's he's six three, if that. He may uh, he may be six three. He may be six two. I'm unsure. I, I don't know the exact measurements, but no, he's six three. Yeah, he, he okay. measured out at six three. Okay, so he's he's a six three shooting guard. Where now shooting guards are the size of wing players. You know, so it was like that's his only detriment, and because of that, he's not as dynamic. Like Bill's not gonna, you know, back someone down, force a double team, you know, and then kick it out. Like he he's not he's not that type of player. Even though he's strong and wiry and you know quick, he slitters to the basket or what have you. Like he that's the only knock on him. Whereas like right. LeBron, Giannis, Kevin, oh, and he's not seven foot with the ratchet like Kevin. We can shoot over you, but yeah, long winded yeah. way to say. Um, I think in terms of you just look at it like pure scoring, and I don't want to use three-level scoring because then it opens up to, well, he's not really hitting his threes this year, right? True. But yep. So we'll say he's two-and-a-half. He's a two-and-a-half-level yeah. scorer, and it's like, bro, not a lot of folks in the NBA are on that pa- like on that, on that that platform, and he's up there. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, a, I'd rather him than Kuzma. Yeah, well, yeah. So I, I agree with a, lot, well, a lot of what you just said. He's he's definitely a good scorer. I think he could do more playmaking. A couple of years ago, when I thought he was playing his best, he he was making a lot of plays for his teammates, he, and he was also a big-time scorer, and I think he can do both of those things. And when I'm saying that it doesn't always have to be Beal taking the shot, I don't mean that I would put the ball in somebody else's hands and like run an ISO. I'm not running an ISO yeah. for Kyle Kuzma in the first yeah. quarter, much less in the final minute, right? So what I'm talking about is I'm thinking more along the lines of you put the ball in Beal's hands and you let him make the decisions, but the decision should not always be the default that he's got to take the shot. Yeah. He can pass it. You know, I'm thinking it. of it like the Jordan passing to Paxson, that kind of thing. Get into the lane, draw the defense, Kick it because everybody thinks he's going to shoot, and even if he makes a few passes like that, they're still going to think he's going to shoot. And if they don't, if they don't help, then he can score on just about anybody one on one. So no, I'm with you, you know. right? I'm, I'm with you, like the playmaking. But um, again, it's like um, I, I forget which philosopher says it, but it's like um, excellence is therefore what we do, like our habits. Like he's a habitual scorer. Like, you know, he's not a pass-first scorer, which I think, like, low-key, I think, like, James Harden, and I don't know if I'm inventing his word, but he's like, oh, this label. I think James Harden is a pass-first scorer. He's always been, like, a pass, a passing guy. I guess, like, in Houston, D'Antoni just revolutionized him to say, hey, Mm -hmm. you know, draw fouls, go get 50. But, he, you know, because Harden, I mean, like, some of his triples – you know, you, you saw what Steph did with the 50 and 10 uh, the mm-hmm. other day. Harden was doing that with regularity, but also making it a triple-double. You know, right. so Bill's not that. He's he's always going to look for a shot, and, and I don't blame that. Um, if anything, uh, I would say that, that like, the, the guy who should be, like, drawn. Like, I thought we would see more of that from Dinwiddie. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know the guy's Twitter handle, but he, like, some dude basically tweeted out, um, some thoughts that I had as well. Like, where was Dinwiddie? Like, granted, he made the clutch three at the end, so that's all that matters. But it, I thought Dinwiddie would be that guy who late-time moments he's, you know, drawn to because he's a, he's a legit 6'6 guard. Like, he's big. Mm-hmm. He's a big, strong guard, and then kicking it out, drawing it to people. But most times, like, you know, um, 
I don't know if it's, you know, like injury related, like him still testing the waters or anything like that. But, you know, he's he's in a corner. Like he's in a, the corner for the three or at the top of the key waiting to do a step back three. So it, it inevitably it falls to Bill. And I'm with him, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. I get paid the most to take the shot. I could create, but would I rather pass to these guys or pull up myself? I'm going to trust yeah. me. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Wizards' defense. I mean, they're, they're, I, something else that I wrote, they're doing an awful lot well. And, you know, they're number one in keeping opponents away from the rim. And they don't do a great job of defending shots at rim, but they're allowing so few of them that doesn't really matter. And they're also very low in opponent three-point attempts, which is an interesting combination. And then really interesting is that they pretty much had the same combination last season too. Different personnel, different head coach, although the coaching staff is very similar. And, you know, like I said, a lot of different personnel, and yet the results are actually pretty very much the same, at least the yeah. the process tracking results, meaning, yeah. you know, limiting the at-rim, limiting three-point attempts. Um, the, one of the big differences um, in the numbers is is three-point shooting. Uh, last season, especially early, they were near the bottom in three-point shooting percentage. Um, that came back down to basically about league average by the end of the season, which is why they improved from 30th to, I think they ended up like 18th or 19th last season in overall defense. This season, they're number one in opponent three-point shooting, but we'll see because they're also giving up um, uh, relatively, even though they're giving up few three-pointers, they're giving up a high number of uncontested three-pointers. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this shakes out as the season plays on. And you figure that the shooting uh, from three is going to start gravitating back down towards towards the league average or back up, in this case, towards league average and what's that's going to happen. So one of the things I, I, did, I looked at was so this season, they're about 3.8 points per 100 possessions better defensively relative to average than they were last season. What that comes out to uh, is about three points of that is strictly from the, the three-point shooting, from opponents shooting that much worse from three-point range. So that's the, uh, that's the difference. So what are you seeing out there? Like I hate, I hate to be a Debbie Downer. We just haven't played good three point shooting teams. Also, when, when if you add in the fact that you know players are not getting to the free throw line as easily, and, and we all know the adage, you know, see the ball go through the hoop, get yourself a layup or a free throw, you get in rhythm, um, and then the threes will will you know maybe start to fall. Like basically, you get in the rhythm, you, you start with the free throws, the layups, boom, it's easier to hit a three than than anything else. But more to the point, we haven't played good three-point shooting teams. We played Toronto. Um, who's their sniper? You know, we we, we played uh, we played Milwaukee. Now Milwaukee's a great three-point shooting team, but they were without uh, Brooke Lopez, a floor spacer at seven foot. I don't mm-hmm. agree with that, but whatever. Chris Middleton, he wasn't mm-hmm. playing. That's Dante key, even. Yeah. Yeah, Dante DiVincenzo, like all these guys, uh, you know, were out. So we've been fortunate. We've been getting the roll of the dice in our favor. But as all things go, like life will normalize, right? Like, and tonight we play Cleveland. There's no sniper on their team that you fear. So it's it's more it's more so, you know, the teams that we're playing, we're getting away with it, right? But 
if this continues, like, who knows, right? Like, because some people are loving, I know the, the, the Bullets Forever Twitter account, like, those folks over there are loving the fact that the NBA has regressed to, I guess, like a, a mid-2000s type of play where we're still getting in the 100s, but it's not a lot of free throws. There's not an overwhelming amount of threes being made. It's just, you know, good basketball. The flow of the game is still going. So if that continues, I won't be as skeptical. But if we mm. ever revert back to the norm, then yeah, we're going to get cooked, bro. Like, we're going to get cooked because we're giving up wide open threes. And we're, I'll, I'll let you answer this, but I don't think we're a great three-point shooting team or are are we at the league average? Or are we below it? Um, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, the Wizards have some guys who at least theoretically should be able to shoot. I mean, of course, Bertans is out now, uh, but he was shooting terribly anyway. Um, KCP is a good shooter. Beal should be better than a twenty-five percent three-point shooter. That's for sure. I mean, you figure. I actually ran some numbers. There's a way of forecasting where guys are going to end up. I think Beal, by the end of the year, will probably be around 35% from three. So he's going to warm up. And, um, you know, KCP will be, you know, guys will get closer to their, you know, to their career averages by the end of the season. We'll see what happens with Bertans. He's playing, was playing terribly. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. (laughs) Well, yeah, I know you're, you're that. Uh, I wouldn't object to that. I mean, at this point, I think that they have several guys. They've got at least three guys that they could trade without hurting any chemistry on the team. That's, you know, Thomas Bryant, Rui Achimura, and uh, Don No, Chupan. no, Rui. What? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm with you. I think there are three guys, but not those three. I think uh, – I don't think we need Corey Kispert, like me personally. Um, yeah, we will have to trade I, him. I don't think we need – KCP. Okay. I'd rather have Rui. I'd rather Rui get KCP minutes than, you know, that's no knock to KCP, but we already have an undersized shooting guard. You know what I mean? Well, the problem problem with giving Hachimura KCP's minutes is that you would then be playing him at small forward. And I don't think he can play small forward. I don't think he can shoot it well enough. I think they need KCP's shooting. I mean, I think. I would be looking to make some kind of move with some of these extra, extra guys. Not you know, not extra guys, but just you know, with some of the quote unquote depth. See if I could get a wing who could just even a three and D wing who's like you know six seven six eight who can uh, shoot the three um, at a say thirty seven percent rate, and then KCP slides into the role of being a shooting guard, small forward, super sub. Where he's playing, you know, twenty-four minutes a game. I think that whole team. I think he he falls into a more natural role. So yeah, I don't think I, Hachimura is a is a three because I don't think he has the ball handling, the shooting. No, yeah, understood. Like like as like prototypical three. No, like right. But roles change. Like the game is modern. Like evolution. Like, the game the, the game is going through iterations of evolution, right? So I, I'm not suggesting that Rui can play the three itself, but I am seeing that he can be out there on the court with the starters. Like, and, and it's just like a positionless basketball. I mean, consider mm-hmm. it. Like, our, our best player is a 6'3 shooting guard. Our point guard is 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Ten years ago, they would be reversed, you know? The point guard would be the 6'3 guy, and the mm-hmm. shooting guard would be the 6'6 six, six guy. So, if if you look at it from that lens, um, that's what I would do. But but back back to the, to the basics of the point, 
it's like, uh, yeah, I, I do think we can get rid of three guys. I, I just disagree um, who the three are. Like, for me, again, it's Corey Kispert. And that's no knock to him. I think he's going to be a great pro. He's going to help I put him down as number four. I would also consider, to be honest, like, I, see, here's the thing. I'm actually the wrong guy for this because I would trade anybody on the roster for the right move. You know, so if anybody, yeah. including yeah, no, Dio, including yeah. Dinwiddie, including Harold, anybody. I think I, I tweeted from the So Wizards account. Someone was like, uh, like they were down on Bill when he was struggling against Boston. And I was like, trade him for Jalen? Like, I would trade yeah. Bill for Jalen in a heartbeat. No question. Because yeah. you have a 6'3 shooting guard versus a 6'6", six, 6'7 six, six, shooting guard. I'll, I'll take that guy, like, uh, any day. Younger, bigger, stronger. Probably more dynamic, but you know it's too it's too early to 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 make that prediction. But yeah, I'm so I'm with you. I would trade whoever. It's just like realistically looking at it, uh, I would keep Rui. I know there's been a lot of Denny chatter. I, I think I saw someone tweet out that um, they don't they don't see how Rui will fit in and give those Denny's minutes. And it's like what? I'm like what? Rui Hachimura is way better than Denny. Uh, like, way better. It's not even close. Mm. But so, so for me, it would be, uh, I, I would keep. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, oh, he's way better, look, man. I'm not like, so. Oh, he's way better, I, I man. Think, way better. I think Rui, I think Rui Hachimura. Oh, man. You don't like him. I, I, I see. I hate to do this because the I. The jury's I, out I, on I, you. No, you yeah, don't like I'm, Rui. Well, now, I, I think he's he has the chance to be good. Oh, you know what? I'm standing up and walking around like I'm not trying to record a podcast here. Let me sit back down. Sorry, folks, if I suddenly dropped out. So, yeah. So here's the thing. With Hachimura, I think that he is he has the potential to be a really good player. He hasn't come anywhere close to that in his in his two years. I mean, his rookie year, he was about average. Last season, he was not as good in my analysis. He, he dropped back um, quite a bit. And he was below average, and obviously we haven't seen him so far this year. Pink eye, COVID. This is the this is kind of a make or break year because this is like you know extension eligible. I mean they'll have they'll certainly pick up his option for next season if they haven't already. I think they already have. Yeah, they have. But, they picked up both. Yeah, so I mean he's he's going to be back, and he'll have another couple of years before they have to um, make a decision on what his contract should be, but. I'm not that impressed, to be honest. Okay. I mean, I, I want him to do well, but um, I, I just don't think he's okay. nearly as good as uh, a lot of fans seem to think he is. Uh, yeah, I so it's all about how you look at it, right? Like, if you view it, and, and again, I'm going to stick to my advice, my own self-prescribed advice to not make excuses for grown men. But if, if you look at it, right, COVID, pink eye, then, you know, the struggles the Wizards went through, no identity at first, but later on in the year, he started to come on. Like, mm-hmm. he, he started to come on, and I, and I wrote something about him needing uh, more touches, like, where he's better equipped to be uh, effective. And, you know, our coach agrees with this, too. He's like, you know, it's all about the efficiency of the shots. If he's better from the mid-range free throw area, why are we sticking him in the corner? Um... Sorry, that's my dog again. She's, you know, we're sticking him in the corner and we're putting him in places where he can't be successful. And then all of a sudden, I guess, like, to me, I don't have to go back and look at the numbers, but 
it seemed like the last 20 or so games, he came on fairly strong, like double digits in every every single game. Uh, played uh, great, played great defense. Like uh, in the playoff, he he's the reason why we didn't get swept by Philly. Well, you know, you can say uh, Joel and B going down, but um, sticking to who was there, that game we could have still lost if not for him. So that's just how I view it. And in terms of upside, like again. No, the rave today is Denny on the Denny, 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 Denny. But uh, I would take Rui over him in a heartbeat. If I had to flip one out, I would flip Denny so quick, let Rui get all of the minutes, and you know, let's like let's see, let's hope and see if he blossoms into what his potential suggests. Yeah. So just to your point about uh, Hachimura and last season. You know, I, I run these things. It's, it's on Bullets Forever somewhere. You can probably, folks can probably find it if they do a Google. But I call them performance EKGs, and I ran Hachimura's. And um, he did, like, over the last, say, oh, I don't know, six games or so. Maybe it's eight to ten games or so. But he, he did play a little bit better. Well, no, I'm looking at the numbers. Really, he didn't. I mean, there just there was not a big surge in, like, production, overall quality of play towards the, the latter half of the season. He, it, overall, his trend line was pretty flat and kind of edging towards down in the, in the latter part of the season. You know, he did pop up for a few games in, you know, the latter part of the season, probably about 10 games left in the season, and then he sort of tailed off again towards the end. The playoffs, he was um, better than he was in the regular season, but what he graded out to was average. So. Okay. Yeah, but right, like that's the key, right? Like, like once if you get better, like get better when it matters most, right? And and that's the thing. And it sucks. Like I, I wish I I wish him the best. I we no one knows what he's going through. I hope right. he overcomes it, right? But the last the last we saw Rui left me wanting more. Like okay, this young buck is starting to get it. He's becoming. You know, he, he's he's recognizing that he has a skill set no one could, could touch. No one can stop his one-dribble pull-up, his mid-range game, his power, his speed, his athleticism. He was starting to put together, and, and even uh, I'll, I'll be interested to look at the numbers behind this. So uh, if, you, if you have them, you can text them to me or, or let me know when you, when, when you do get them. Like, uh, his three balls started to improve. He started shooting more from the corner, I guess, like uh, – recognizing that's where he was better at as opposed to the wings or the top of the quiche firing from deep. And it, it just left me wanting more, right? And so it sucks that he's gone. But, again, to, to wrap that up, like, I, I would keep Rui in a heartbeat. Um, but I want them both. Like, I want to keep Rui and Denny. I just think uh, if we had to get rid of anyone, KCP should be uh, the odd man out. Yeah. Yeah, so it, one of the things that they did that was kind of interesting last season is that they ran post ups for him that were like uh, just above the free throw line. So instead of posting him on the block, block they posted mm-hmm. him in the middle, which was actually a pretty clever idea that I don't see a lot of teams doing um, because, I mean, where do you want to get the ball offensively, right? The middle. So yeah. you just post him up there and throw him the ball. You know, it didn't work out necessarily that great, but. It, it was pretty good. He He's interesting because, you know, he's supposed to be really good from the mid-range. He's, you know, okay from the mid-range um, in terms of accuracy. Where he's actually done well is finishing at the rim. 
mm-hmm. even though he gets his shot blocked a lot. Um, last season, by the way, he um, shot 28.6% on corner threes. And so he's at just under 30% for his career on corner threes. You know, he did, I think, shoot the ball a little bit better in the playoff. In the playoffs, definitely shot the ball. He hit everything in the playoffs. And that was that was good to see. We'll see. I mean, I'm not down on him necessarily. I just think trying to be realistic about how good he is. I guess it all depends on, like, what you're looking for. If you get better in the playoffs, I could ride with you. You know, if you are phenomenal, that's a knock on, you know, some of the best players in the in the game. Like, James Harden is phenomenal in the regular season. Come playoff mm-hmm. time, you know, eh, doesn't look as yeah, well quite, in the, quite as in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs, Harden goes from being like MVP level to basically like All Star level, right? Yeah. He's he's still really good. He's just not as. And, and, and Hachimura, in this case, went from average you know, well to, below average to average. <laughs> oh, well, well, oh, okay, I was going to say he went from average to above average. Like so, no. I don't know. But also, but we have to have some perspective in this, yeah. So uh, the perspective being, um, he's young. It was only his yeah. second year. Yep. And we were all looking forward to it. Now it's been a bit delayed, but whatever. Again, I'm looking forward to seeing when he get what happens yeah. when he comes back. But to yeah. the folks advocating that he's out of the rotation and letting Denny get those minutes, they need to stop. Yeah. They need to stop. Yeah, so this is probably a good time to chat a little bit about Denny and uh, what we're seeing from him. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about um, Denny. Do you, so you know? Do you think he's he's uh? What do you think? Draymond Green, oh, Larry Bird, oh, Dirk. Oh, first of all, don't ever compare that man to Dirk. I, Dirk's <laughs> one of my top five players. Please stop it. Stop it. No. Draymond. No. The Draymond thing was interesting because I, at a higher level of abstraction, I get it. You know, not a great scorer, but a great gamer. Like, he's going to mm-hmm. make the right plays. He's going to defend the best players. He's going to rebound. He's going to give that feistiness. He, he's that glue guy, that ultimate Swiss Army knife, right? Mm-hmm. And all I said, still, hell no. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Stop. Just, look, what Draymond has done, like, uh, Mark Jackson, he gives Mark Jackson a lot of credit for for believing in him and unleashing him to allow him to find a role, right? Always undersized. He had to become who he was. He had to do things different. And people mm-hmm. forget, Denny is at least three inches taller than Draymond. Last I checked, yeah. Draymond's 6'6". Six, six. Uh, yeah. six, six, maybe 6'9". Six, Denny's a legit 6'9", right? So he's bigger. So I, I And if you're going against forwards, I, I expect you to score more than Draymond. You, you have the height. You have the size. Uh, also, like, Denny's father was an amazing basketball player. So you, you should have mm-hmm. picked up a lot of offense from him. You know, I think his father was Serbian, and then he went to Israel to, to play basketball in the Israeli leagues or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So, like, mm-hmm. he, he should have, he's you know, Draymond talks about how his father wasn't in his life. So he, he has that quote, like, prototypical African-American story. Like, my, my dad wasn't there. I got to go make it for my family. Blah, blah, blah. Be a dog. So so he doesn't... He won't have that Draymond-esque, like, chip on his shoulder, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, people attack him. They, they think he's just, like, a, a white Jewish player who can't play. So they underestimate him. 
And as we all know, you underestimate someone with skill, you're going to look like an ass. And Denny has done that. Denny has done that on multiple occasions. Like, you thought it was sweet. You thought I was sweet, and then I locked your ass up. So Mm -hmm. he's a great defender in a small small sample sizes, right? Like, I, I don't, like, for example... Um, a lot, of, a lot of things that were making arounds were were him locking up Giannis and then throwing up the X, right? But also, Giannis scored on him like five plays, man, like easily, like bumped him off, laid it up, like got him mm-hmm. out the way, dunked on him, like so. If he had the guard, if he played starter minutes and he guarded Giannis, uh, let's say he tracked Giannis for thirty five of those minutes, uh, I. I shudder to think at what Giannis would have done to him, right? So, yeah. so that's another thing, I, and it, it just goes with like people. I guess Wizards fans, and a lot of them seem like they knew fans. By the way, um, you're granted we are transplant city, so it is what it is. But um, slow to roll. If I had to say, like, put it in one sentence, it would just be slow your roll. You cannot say a guy who's getting twenty one minutes a game. Technically, what I think, what is he at? Like one point three three assists per forty minutes or so. Per do you, do you have? Yeah, stats? I've got him. I have him at three three point three assists per hundred possessions. League average is about four point seven. So yeah, yeah so for so, a playmaker, so, yeah, yeah. Let Denny, let Denny bring the ball up to do what? Be average, below average. <laughs> let Denny create to do yeah. what be below average it's like slow your roll or just enjoy the fact that we have a young gamer now what what can he become I don't see him becoming a Draymond Green type player for the reasons uh, I just listed um, yeah. nor do I see him uh, what, what did they say I think I saw someone from the Bullets Forever account say Andre Karolinko what no, no. what <laughs> So okay, what? so let me let me let me talk because you and I are very much in agreement on this. I mean, I like the kid. I I enjoy watching him play, but I don't think we need to get carried away. And I don't really think it's even fair to him. It's certainly not fair to like Draymond or Kirilenko to compare him to those guys. Much less to like somebody mentioned Tim Duncan, which just blew oh my, my god. We're, we're talking. So Draymond Green is an all-time great defender. Right. If you were to make a top five defenders of all time, like in all defense, all history of the league, he's a first teamer, right? I believe. I mean, with like Ben Wallace and Bill Russell and uh, Kobe, Christ Bryant, who Gary Payton and, and Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan and Christ Bryant. And then nah, Kobe doesn't belong on that list. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. But um, anyway, Denny is he's. He seems like he has the makings of a good defender. He's got great results so far this year. We'll see what happens as the uh, sample size extends and as, uh, you know, teams scout him. Because so far, he's he's not really somebody who shows up on the scouting report at all um, to this point because he's, you know, he's he'd been kind he's of a He's a non-entity. role player. He's a yeah. role player. So, you know, he's going to get on the, the scouting report now because and – t- and the best players are going to – the kind of players that he's going to match up against will start looking at the film of him defending, and they'll pick him apart, and he's going to have to figure out how to counter that. And maybe he will. That, that'll that be really cool if he can. The thing with him, too, though, is – so his defense is good. Um, in the P- defense part of my metric PPA, um, he rates a little bit above average defensively. Not to the extreme of where you would expect like his on-off numbers to be as outstanding as they are, 
when that happens over like a small sample size, usually as the sample size gets larger, the on-off number starts moving towards the defensive, the, the, the PPA score, um, in the defense part of PPA. So in other words, I think we can expect his on-off numbers to start moderating as the season goes on, which doesn't mean that he's getting worse or that he's not playing as well. It just means that he's he's a good defender, not like a first-team all-defense all yeah. defender. Right? Yeah. So, but the issue with him, one of the issues with him and one of the reasons why he's not going to necessarily play a bunch more minutes is because offensively he's still passive and he's yeah. still, how shall we say, limited. He's he's not shooting the ball well. He can't he finish. He <laughs> is safe in the sense that he doesn't commit turnovers, but that's generally because he's not really trying to make plays. Yeah. In a starter, in a starter, you can get away with that if you have enough enough other really good offensive players. The Wizards aren't that loaded. Like if Denny were say in Golden State, they don't need him to play. You know, to, to have a twenty percent usage rate or even an eighteen percent usage rate or say a fifteen percent usage rate. You know, last season he was about twelve percent. This year he's around thirteen percent. We're talking ultra low usage. This is something where it's just fascinating because the scouting report on him coming in was that he was this multi-skilled playmaking forward, right? The point yeah. forward mold. And that he was going to struggle on defense. And now in the second season, defense seems to be maybe the one thing that can get him on the floor because his offense is not there. And that's something he's going to have to have to, have to work on. And just one last point on this. It, it is a bit of a concern for him to be as low usage and low efficiency as he is. 104 points per possession, that's about three points per 100 possessions below league average, while he's using almost 7% fewer possessions than than the average player. That's a bit of a concern because usually the players who are lower usage are going to be higher efficiency because they're picking and choosing um, their possessions. They're taking yeah. open shots. They're making safe passes, that kind of thing. And Denny is taking those open shots, but he's missing them, and he is a very poor free throw shooter. Yeah, so, he can't score. He can't. He can't. Plenty score. of concerns. He can't but score. He's twenty-one, right? Yeah, he's so 21. I'm encouraged but, by what we're seeing yeah. overall, but yeah, but like and, th- and there, he, there's a lot more that needs he needs in his game. So, like, just quick, quick response to that. Like, one, he's twenty-one, so you know, we believe in the future, right? But the kid who's 19 is far more skilled than him. That's just the way the game has gone. We may be at, you know, how folks in in the real world talk about, we may be at singularity, right? Like, there may not be another increase of, I guess, like, human productivity. This may be it. In terms of basketball, like, young kids, these, they are, like, multi-skilled, multi-faceted, like, the game is at his be- the best it's ever been in terms of skilled players. And then he has two good skills. He can pa- He's His IQ, he has a phenomenal IQ. He knows what to do when he has the ball. But the thing is that knowing what to do doesn't in- include putting a ball in a basket. And I don't care what any number says, any metric delineates. The only thing that matters, ultimately is can you put that ball in the basket and can you stop other people from putting that ball in the basket? He does Mm -hmm. one, he can't do the other. Mm -hmm. And even though we say he does one, it's in very small sample sizes. Like, it's not as if he's 
he's 35 minutes a game shutting down your best player. It's just he's shutting down your role players, your bench players. Mm -hmm. He's doing a great job against them. And then in small sample sizes, he's, you know, forcing Giannis into a travel, blocking Jason Tatum on a, what do you call the worst shots in the game, those late, late clock runners and that type of stuff. He's doing phenomenal that, and I'll never knock him for that. He He's proven something. He's proven I'm not sweet. You know, you're not going to look at yeah, me he's and think a tough I'm, kid. I'm barbecue chicken. His father's a Serbian. He's yeah. not He's he's not a coward, right? But when it comes to it, you think, like, when people can create, it's because they have the deception of, if you don't come help, I'm going to cook you. I'm going to yeah. lay this ball up or I'm going to dunk on you. Bro, he's getting... Denied by the rim. He's getting denied by the rim. So, like, and again, I'm not being critical of him. I I like Denny. I like everything he stands for. He's proven, like, yo, you all thought I was some sweet Israeli kid. I can hang with you Americans. I can can play. I can at least defend. It's just that we need him to score more. Because then if, like, you know, if he can get up to, like, 8, 9, 10 points per game, then people will start, oh, if he develops, like, something, I don't know, like a floater or, or something, you know, something where he can use his height. Like, I think on one play, they, they tried to hide Trey Young on him on an Atlanta game, and I was there, and he, he caught the ball and took him baseline, banged it. Like, nah, mm-hmm. you're too small. Like, if he can do more of that, like, get into mm-hmm. good matchups, then his playmaking, in my opinion, is, is amplified because then it's like yeah. if you don't help, I'm banging it, and then if you do come help, I'm dishing it off because he has a great IQ. But yeah. slow your roll. Andre Karolinko, stop it. Draymond yeah. Green, you have CTE if you think that. Tim Duncan, right. you should be arrested. Like that, yeah. That's just my that's just my, my thoughts, and I, I'll leave it yeah. at that. Yeah, no, I think I agree with you, and <clears throat> I think with, with Abia on offense, he needs – something to hang his hat on. He needs something to get the defense worried about him. Right now, there really isn't anything. I mean, if he could make threes, that would be one thing. A floater. If he could just convert at the rim, if he could, you know, attack closeouts or just drive open lanes and, and score inside, you know, finish inside, that would be great. Just something that he can do so that the defense has to has to account for him. Right you now, have, they don't have to worry too much about it. No, no, not at all. They they sleep on, and then that's that's like other players' downfall, right? Like you underestimate him on offense, so you think he's sweet on defense. And like uh, when I first started playing back, because naturally I'm a footballer, like soccer player at heart, right? But mm-hmm. the the trans the translatable skill is passing. So I had to learn how to slow down, make layups. I had to learn the mid range. Basically, I had to learn to score in order to open up my my passing ability like my my vision my seeing ahead right because if you don't do that like if you don't give the defense um any indication that you will bust their ass and drop 20 or or so on them they don't care about your passing they're gonna like eventually as you said earlier you said something that was very uh important like he's not in a scouting report right so once he gets in the scouting report it's like this brother is not even looking to score. Just play. Have your hands in the passing lane. He's looking to pass because he's done that. Like I've seen him pass up where he can, you know, quick push shot off the backboard because he's within that um, four to eight foot range, and you know he he dishes it to Kuzma, which is cool 
But eventually, people are going to start, you know, scouting for that, and then he's going to have to adapt. So if Denny can learn, you know, from his father, if he can learn how to score, then maybe, maybe he can grow into a Darius Sungaila 2.0. Come <laughs> <laughs> Well, Joe, I, I saw someone say he's uh, Ingles from uh, Utah. Yeah, and it's uh, like, last I checked, Ingles could make someone fall. Ingles yeah. has a yo-yo. He can handle the ball. And like, Denny, eh, yeah, I don't know. And Ingles has just freakish confidence. I mean, he's one of the great tra- trash talkers. And yeah. he, you know, he can airball three straight shots. And the next one is going going up anyway because he, he knows he can play. And that, Denny, maybe he gets there. You know, in time, but he's not there yet, which is which is fine. He's twenty one. He's got a lot of time to to grow and develop. And Does he though? Under team control for a minimum of two more years, so it's not Does like uh, it's a major concern. But I'm, I I do think we can be optimistic about him, and you know, should be and hopeful. But we can also be realistic about where he is. We can and be realistic. What's likely to happen? And All right, so let's, putting Draymond Green uh, on him is just not nice. No, uh, that that was that was uh, peak CTE behavior. But um, let let's 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 end on this note. What do you think? What do you ultimately think he ends up at? Boy, I let's come back to that one because you know I've run the numbers on him, and most of the guys who compare, I even took uh, his performance so far this season, put it into my in a doppelganger machine, uh, stat doppelganger machine, and most of the guys who came out of that were basically scrubs. And so, yeah. you know, Dragon <laughs> Bender and that kind of guy. Yeah. So I think he has a chance to be better than that because he's, a, I think he'll be a good defender. I see that as a floor that he, he can at least be a good defender and he'll be able to contribute. Even if it's like defensive specialist coming off the bench for 15 minutes a game to defend the, the backup wing or whatever, you know, at least that's an NBA role that he can be good at. Even if he's not doing anything else, they put enough other offensive firepower around him. Maybe he can be a, you know, a, a forward ultra low usage who just, you know, can stay out of the way on offense. But I, I just don't really see like a really good player who's been a, who's a good comp for him because I, I don't really envision him as, uh, you know, first team all defense kind of defender. And yeah, you know, he he doesn't he's not showing anything offensively to make me think that he's going to become a dynamic offensive player. So, yeah, I'll say this. Um, and I'm, I'm going to qualify it, right? Cause I, I don't want to go like too, uh, too far on the limb, but I'll qualify it and say, if he doesn't learn how to score from, from like, uh, the midi, the midi area, or at least develop a, a, a floater. a la like Tony Parker, like folks who come into the league and struggle a bit, like, that tends to be their mo. Like at least let me see if I can get to a floater or oh, oh, uh, back to the basket game. Because again, he's a legit six nine, and he yeah. may grow. He may yeah. grow. He may grow. Right. So if he doesn't do that, I think he's back in uh, Israel or he's playing in um he's he's playing somewhere in Europe in a few years. And it's not it's not enough to him. It's not um, me saying he can't play in the NBA. It's just that, as LeVar Ball once said, the NBA is an entertainment business. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like defense. Like, nothing gets me, you know, I, I've said it on here before, Christ Bryant, I follow mm-hmm. everything he says. Like, lock lock someone up and then go give them buckets. That's my mm-hmm. M.O. 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna try to lock up your best player and I'm gonna force him to say, nah, take somebody else guard him. I don't want to guard him anymore. Like yeah. that's my MO. But if he can't learn to to score, no one cares for like no one's gonna keep you if we drafted you ninth overall and all you become is a Bruce Bowen defender. Yeah. You know? Like would now, you would you draft Bruce Bowen ninth overall? No. <laughs> No, probably you know? not. <laughs> so, would you, you try know, here's the thing is playing into the size thing is right now he's he's an underskilled free, right? And then yeah. if you play him at four, it's still kind of the same thing because now it's more than stretch four. He doesn't really shoot well enough. But at six nine, if he puts on some muscle, you know, I could see him as a sort of a small ball center coming off the bench, kind of like a Jeff Green sort of role where he's playing at four or five. Ooh, and he's, that, he's, that would be good. then he's he's a skilled center. And, Ooh, okay. you know. Until Embiid gives him 50. <laughs> you don't need him to shoot. No. Until Embiid gives him 50. But no, like, well, honestly, no, but see, I'm talking about, I'm talking about bringing him off the bench. I'm talking about oh, like, off the bench. Okay. starting Gafford, say, and you've got – uh, somebody like Abdia, who's just sort of a skilled, because you could theoretically throw him the ball in the post or throw him the ball in different places, and then he's a screener and pick and roll. You don't have to worry about him being yeah. the ball handler, but he can handle gonna... the ball, and he yeah. could give some of the backup centers some problems with, um, in theory, with his um, ability to move, you know, move offensively and just you know handle the ball. So I don't know. I, I think oh, it's, that w- he's young that enough and there's enough time that um, the Wizards would be smart to sort of let him feel his way and figure out, you know, what he's going to be in the NBA. They have time with him, but, you know, that that's all. Just give him time. Okay. Um, I'm with you. Uh, I think, like, you know, I think that would be like a mad, a mad scientist, a uh, great uh, rejiggering of his career, like putting him hey. at a small ball center. So back in, back in the 1980s, this would have been probably, I'm guessing, like 1980. 485. I can remember sitting with my brother and talking about how why why do we need why do NBA teams always try to get that big seven foot guy right why and you know you think I'm thinking now I don't remember if this was the right time but like the Wizards or the Bullets at the time trading for Dave Fighting right or trading Ben Wallace to get Isaac Austin because he's a quote unquote true center or the the, the presence in the league of of Guys like John Conkack and Joe Klein and, you know, just the big stiffs, right? And I was like, why not just play, you know, get the best guys you can. And if your tallest yeah. guy is 6'8", play him at center and screw it. Just go out there with a lot of skill and play. And this is what we talked about back in, like, my brother and I talked about this back, seriously, in the 1980s. And then have been a coach, broom. It wasn't until years later that teams actually started to do it. And uh, turns out. It's not the worst idea. And so I'm just saying that uh, you know, you're right. a 6'9 guy off the bench to play center. I mean, Montrez Harrell, well, he's got freakishly long arms, but he's, you know, what, 6'7, 6'6? 6'7, yeah. Uh, he he's just plays up with, the, with aggression. Draymond yeah. is, is a center. Or can yeah. play no, center. He's 6'6. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Uh, two things, two points. Uh, one, you, you should have probably went into coaching, bro. Uh, that would have revolutionized the game, a la. Mike D'Antoni's um, huh. system. Second thing, no, I'm with you. Uh, and to your point, I remember, uh, like, I've won so much, like, in college, in my college days, I've won so much money by putting uh, Nick, I used to use the Knicks on 2K 
and I will put Steve Novak as the uh, center. <laughs> yep. And just like, okay, we about to shoot three. Like, I've, I've dropped yeah. 50 with Steve Novak. I mean, granted, that's a game. Like, he can't do that in real life. But can he? Can he? Yeah, playing somebody like Steve Novak, for example, at center might cause you some problems on, on defense. It, that could almost certainly would. But it's going to cause a lot of problems for the other team at the other yeah. end. So Again, sometimes you, game, you man. weigh the trade-offs and, and just try something. That's that's what, like, people are, and excuse my colorful language, they're full of shit. Like, Denny's cool, but we didn't draft the ninth for Raw for him to force Giannis into a travel. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like it's yeah, sure. Like, defense is great, and you need defense, but I'll take better offense any day. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's just so, how it goes. I, and this is the thing with, with Denny is – it's like I don't I don't know quite yet what he is, but I'm leaning much more towards. I don't think he's a small forward in the NBA. I think he's up a position to you know a four or maybe even like I said a backup five. I don't think he's ever going to be a starting five, but I do think shooting backup guard. maybe shooting guard. I, I I'm with you. I, I think he's a backup too. <laughs> oh me personally, okay. I, I think shoot. he's a backup too. No, he can't shoot right. But like I mean, again, like. Uh, you know, like the the guy you watched growing up, like Michael Jordan, could he really shoot the three? No, he had the mid range, right? Dif- so different. Like, hold on, but the game was just different then. You know, yeah, if, that's what if, they all say. If Jordan, if Jordan played today, he'd be shooting threes, and he'd probably yeah. be a forty plus percent three point shooter. No, that's yeah, yeah. Granted, like based on his work ethic, right? Like based yeah. on his work ethic and, and what what you say, right? But yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you, right? But yeah, if he came up today, he'd, is, he'd be shooting. I, I don't think he'd be look, like a Steph. But hit me out on this. Him, he'd be a no, 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 no. Steph, Steph's the greatest. Uh, is it? Steph took what Gilbert did, what Hibachi, the original Hibachi did, and like, you know, modernized it. Yeah, but, uh, Steph's uh, the best shooter I've ever seen. So. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And then his teammates, the second best, and then the yeah. third best. I, I never saw Bird, but Dirk Nowitzki is the third best to me. And then fourth best is Jason Terry. Like, I, I don't know if the numbers support me, but I, I say, no. man, Jason Terry was so wet. Jason DeJet was wet. He just wasn't clutch. And yeah. Norris, like Steph, you know, he, nah. he struggles I mean, in the clutch, too. Ray but Allen was good. When you're talking about all-timers, you know, Ray Allen. I don't like Ray, Ray Allen. Uh, uh, I've seen Christ Bryant cook him too much. So Del Curry. I never saw his father play, and I feel bad for what his father's going through right now. But, you know, shout out Dell. Hope yeah. he gets through it. Yeah. But uh, last point, if you put Denny at the two, right? Like, we have a small two guard. We have a big one guard. Let's just get all the way freaky with it. Let's just keep. What? So so the Wizards actually did this before you realized when they played uh, Jared Jeffries at uh, shooting oh, guard next to Gilbert. Oh, yeah, they did do that, huh? But he was a bum. <laughs> no, he's not a bum. He'll bust my ass, right? And I'm sorry, Jared Jeffries. Like, but, you know. I always view him as a bum because Indiana, Maryland beat Indiana. So I will yeah. always view him uh, as, well, you're, you're not better than Juan Dixon. You're not better than Steve Blake. So how were you picked before both of those guys? But I was yeah. young then. I yeah. was like nine years old when they won. So, yeah. you know. Well, so here's the thing about NBA players, right? And I talk about this a lot with Kevin Serafin because I wrote a lot about how he wasn't much good in the NBA. And somebody one time responded to me, that he sucked. I was like, no, no. See, Seraphin is like a top 600 player in the world, right? He's yeah. one of the best basketball players on the planet. And yeah. the NBA, though, is dominated by the top like 
hundred players in the world. And yeah. he's not that good. He's not, you know, in the NBA, there's rough, what, about 450 jobs for players. Yeah. You know, he was probably not really good enough to have one of those jobs, but even the worst NBA player you could imagine is a phenomenal basketball player. Yeah. I mean, you think about those videos. If you, if you want something entertaining and you haven't seen these already, go look up Brian Scalabrini playing one-on-one with well, like some yeah, kid well, uh, who caught trash. Kids, yeah, yeah, he caught them. Yeah, caught he them. destroyed him. And Cook. like Brian Scalabrini Cook. was a not good bum. NBA yeah, player. Yeah, he was a bum. He, just he was a bum. Yeah. I was talking yeah, well, to... Like, I was talking to, you know, one of these coaches who like works with players, you know, individually, kind of off-season kind of work. And uh-huh. what he told me is that NBA players, what they shoot from three-point range in games is about half what yeah. they shoot in practice, um, yeah. in you know, in their drills. So if yeah, you no, see I a guy, like Davis Breton shot, what, like 44% one season. That means made that Davis from three point range is shooting like, like almost ninety percent. Yeah, he's cooking. Well, however, if I had to challenge one player on the Wizards to a game of one on one, man, I'm breaking out all of the crossover moves on Davis. I'm testing those ankles. I'm <laughs> testing his ankles. Like, I mean, no, he'll cook me. Like he's six ten. Yes. People act like you know, like six ten, six ten isn't. Uh, isn't relevant. You know, like, Davis is, again, like what you just said, he's one of the best 600 basketball players in the world. Just irrational confidence. I'm challenging him. All right. He's, and and it's no, he stole money from us. And it's no it's no disrespect to, to Davis. Like, if I ever meet him or if I ever have a chance to speak to him, I'm going to admit, like, I admire what you do. You're a phenomenal shooter, blah, blah, blah. I just don't think you can say you... you top seven, top ten in the world when, when you don't do it when it matters most. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, for me, like, uh, when I first started playing basketball, um, in college, they, like, in, in the Haas Pavilion, they used to have, uh, they used to have, uh, two, two courts, right? So, freshman year, I'm playing basketball in Vans because, again, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a soccer player, football player, and I'm playing in Vans, you know, everyone's dressed up in a, the freshers back then, Nike Dry Tech was the, the the rage of the day, and um they called it the D League, mm-hmm. they they called it the uh they called it the D League or whatever you want, and I would get buckets like when we would play against the quote unquote you know former high schooler high school letterman who you know wasn't tall enough to play at the D one level or you know just could have probably played D two but chose to get a good education, and they would say oh yeah you got buckets today young fella. But you can't get them when it matters most. And true short, we, we would lose like 16-9. It didn't matter if I got those four buckets, right? right. So it only mm-hmm. matters if you do it when it matters. What Dov is doing when it matters most? He got cooked. He got locked up by Seth Curry. Right. Well, yeah. get shot off I can't argue Seth with Curry. that. So no, 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 don't, don't, don't say he's top top 10 in the world. He's top 10 no, in practice. No, at shooting is what I said. But uh, Yeah, yeah, anyway. no, even then. Yeah, he Seth, Seth Curry outshot him. Yeah, I can name I can name twenty better shooters than him. All right, but I, All right. I digress. Let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap up because we've we've gone for a little got while. The Wizards now. game, man. And, yeah, um, you can so cut whatever you want to cut. That's okay. I don't think we're gonna cut anything. This was this was good. So uh, Wizards, they've got uh, well, they're gonna play. They're actually as we're talking, they're playing Cleveland already at this point. Um, so I'm gonna join yeah, that we're, game. We're up eight four, and right. they should. 
I've got them slightly favored in this in the prediction machine. Then they've got uh, go down to Orlando. They should win. They've got the Pelicans. They should win that. Um, they should win that pretty comfortably as well, by the way. And then they've got Charlotte. I'm looking forward to that game because uh, Lamelo Ball is a yeah. hell of a fun player to watch. So yeah, is the Pages. And then uh, after that, we'll see. They should win all four, or at least there's a good chance they could win all four of those, in which which would be great because then we're talking about six game winning streak. And then they've got a, a home and home with uh, Miami, and that's what I'm looking forward to. That's my we'll true. That's my litmus test. Like, can we beat the Heat? Yeah. If we can beat the Heat, like you know, like okay, I'm starting to think top four in the Eastern Conference. Who knows what can happen if uh, Atlanta made a run to the conference finals? Who knows? Once you match up, yep. like if if honestly, I think the only two teams who are at this moment uh, cut clear ahead of us, if if again, um, this is all depending on if we can beat the Heat, would be uh, Brooklyn and Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, that's well, it. Been no, I'm well. Yeah, like if their players come back, but you know, like I and I, I wrote about this like last year, like the last game I had attended before uh, the playoffs. Like I didn't go to any of the regular season games last year. I, I I caught the game three and game four against Philly, but the last game I had attended before uh, COVID shut us down was uh, Milwaukee. Like their full squad, and we lost in overtime. Sure. Bill Gatum boys, I think fifty something, like fifty. I know it was. I I don't mm-hmm. know the exact numbers, but it was over fifty. It was just like back to back, fifty point games. I really think we could beat Milwaukee. Yeah, I really do. I really do think we can get Milwaukee. We can we can upset Milwaukee. Well, I think we I, can. I mean, I think the Wizards. Here's the thing with a team, even you know, if say they're an average team, right, and like they're really an average team that's just playing a little over their heads right now. They're still a team I think they could give anybody a game or give anybody a series. I think, you know, get to the playoffs. Not Brooklyn. Not Brooklyn. That, that um, I don't think anybody is going to want to face them in the first round. That's no, sure. Philly. And I don't care I whether they, they, they end up 10th or they end up, you know, 4th. I think that they're uh, going to be a tough tough out. For round. everyone, for ev- I'm hoping we lock – I'm hoping we uh, – I was wrong about Boston. I thought we would get Boston in the first round. Well, I think, like, we'll probably get Chicago. We can beat Chicago, take mm-hmm. it back to, you know, the Gilbert days. We could beat Chicago, maybe get Miami in the second round, get payback for that sweep at the mm-hmm. hand of at the hands of Wade. Well, again, I, I just think, like, Philadelphia, and here's why I say that, right? Because they have two guys, depending on if Ben Simmons comes back, because it doesn't, there's no indication that, you know, Maury is, you know, he, he's the cap wizard. You know, he, he's not going to give that guy up for anything less than phenomenal pieces. Um, so they have Ben Simmons, who they can throw at Bradley Bill and neutralize him, as well as a, a player I like and who I've, I've tweeted out that if he learns offense, watch out, league, um, Thibel, Matisse Thibel. So, like, yeah. you know, yeah. Bill, like, last year, like, Bill did his thing, and that's when, you know, like, when you say uh, not at that level, I agree with you in terms of he's not as dynamic because he's not as tall. But I seen him go through the gauntlet of Ben Simmons guarding him mm-hmm. and uh, Matisse Thibel guarding him. Two, all like, one first team, one second team, all NBA defenders. 
Mm-hmm. He's still doing his thing. Struggling, though. Like, he had to work for every single bucket he got. Right? So, if he, neutraliz- if he neutralizes Bill, then we're out. I don't think Miami... I don't think Jimmy Butler is as great as a defender that they make him out to be. Uh, nor do I think uh, anyone in the Eastern Conference. And the only reason why I say Brooklyn is because um, there's no stopping Kevin. And then if you double-team Kevin, you're going to leave up. You're going to leave open uh, James. Right. And then if you leave open James, he's going to create. Because, again, I, I think he's a pass for a score. Mm-hmm. And then if Kyrie uh, ever comes back, you know, he's cooking yeah. whoever. So that's it. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, we'll see. But that's my litmus test. Can we beat Miami? And if we can, watch out. I'm going to be obnoxious with it. Well, all right, we're going to wrap there and uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the uh, So Wizard podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at So underscore Wizards or check us out on BulletsForever.com.